0: Lord, we pray now as we open your word and as your spirit has directed us to this passage, I pray that you will open it to our hearts and that there will be those choice mortals there that you want to bring to our attention. Make it alive in us, we pray, where there's sin blocking our ears from listening. May you clear that from us as well. Please, Lord, without your Spirit working, none of this will matter. Make your word alive to us, we pray. Amen. There's a second miracle that's happened, and I've seen it happen quite often, and that is that I had no idea what the play was going to be about. Until I saw the notice sheet as I was checking it on Friday afternoon. So what am I preaching on? The shepherds. Luke chapter 2. Fantastic. And as Sandra said too, it's, it's really, it builds one's faith when you see the Holy Spirit at work like that. Just in small things, if I can use that in quotation. And so it's just excitement that I come to this passage. And we've heard it plenty of times before. Let's hear God's word this morning as we turn to Luke chapter 2. And we look at verses 8 to 20. And I'll be reading from the beginning of that chapter. But Luke chapter 2 specifically, verse 8 to 20. Let's read from verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Now that's quite a passage, and you might have heard that many, many times before, but let's take note of it. Let's see what the Lord has to say to each of us. From that passage this morning. In 1991, there was a, a, a Christian, a gospel group called the Williams Brothers. And they wrote a song called, I'm Just a Nobody. And it tells a song, the song, the, the story in the song about a down and out man who walked the streets of the city telling people about Jesus. And all response he got was people laughing at him. They kept harassing him and they didn't stop. But he didn't stop either. He kept telling them about the gospel. And the chorus line runs like this. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. I'll repeat that. Because they're quite profound words. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody, with a capital S, who can save anybody. You see, the shepherds in the fields outside Bethlehem that night, and we saw a really good portrayal here this morning. They might have felt the same way when the angels from heaven appeared to them. They could have been saying to themselves too, Why did God choose us, a bunch of nobodies, to be the first to hear of the birth of the Messiah? Why did He choose us? So let's look at that question this morning as we look at this passage. Why did God choose this way to announce this momentous and history-making news? Why did did He do it through the shepherds? Why didn't he do it, as the play rightly said? Why didn't he do it through kings and through a royal decree? Why did he announce it through plain shepherds out in the field? Is it, there's something we need to take note of here, you see. The note of humility surrounding the birth of Jesus issues a major challenge to our world and our culture today. Where all, all is about self-promotion, pomp, ceremony, and often... That is the way of life. Think of when a new album is released. How do they do it? Loss of PR. Think of when a new person is appointed in an important position. Loss of PR. PR is the spin today. It's all about PR. So why didn't God send out a better PR campaign? Why, when he announced this amazing message to people, when the angels appeared, why did he do it to the shepherds? Now, Daryl Bock said a profound thing too. He said, trumpets are best left in the hands of angels. Let's leave it to the Lord to do what He will do. And man can take note of this too. Trumpets are best left in the hands of angels. Let's not do our own trumpet blowing. The other thing is that there's no direct verse in the Bible that says this. This is God I chose to bring the message of the birth of Jesus to the shepherds because, and then we could quote it and be really easy. So, we're going to have to look at indirect clues given to us in scripture, but very clear ones. Why did God speak to the shepherds specifically? Well, let's look at it. These recipients of this message, verse 8 and 9. In the same region there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Who were these shepherds? They were sitting out there in the quiet, cool, crisp, star-filled Judean countryside night. Just picture it in your mind now. All is calm and quiet. That's what the Christmas carol says. Their sheep had been driven into the crude shelters. The shepherds were quietly sitting around the campfires, chatting to each other. Hey bro, how's it going? Why are those sheep of yours always so thin, bro? And then it changed. But who were these shepherds? They were social outcasts in general. Why? Not because of who they were, but because of what they did. They were ceremonially unclean, you see, by the very nature of their work. Working with animals all the time, having to touch animals, being in contact with dung, dust. And not just that, they were kept away from the temple, and most good Jews would go to the temple regularly, to go and confess their sins, to bring the sacrifice animal. But the shepherds couldn't go. They were out in the countryside. No ways they could get in every day or every week. And so they couldn't go and go through the ceremonies. And so they were seen as unclean. Generally they were poor. They were always working for someone else. They were uneducated in the main. They weren't permitted to testify in court. That's how people looked down on them. They were unnoticed by society. Their job wasn't the most exciting one. It was very onerous unless some wild animal attacks or unless some thief tries to break in and steal their sheep. And so, in general, nothing good ever happened for shepherds. Ever. And yet, the God of the universe brings the most exciting message The message of salvation to these down and out, no one notices them, shepherds. And he brings it to them in the most exciting manner. Our text says, suddenly, as they were sitting in this peaceful scene, suddenly, life changed for those shepherds. An angel of the Lord appeared. The glory of the Lord flashed around, is the literal translation. Think of that. You're sitting quietly having your... No, I was going to say your hot chocolate and your coffee, but no. Quietly around your fire and suddenly an angel appears and the glory of God flashes around. And then this angel starts speaking to you. I would be afraid to... Come on, none of us are superhuman. I would be terrified. Their reaction... They feared with a great fear, says Scripture. They feared greatly. And so what was the message to them? Verses 10 to 14. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around or flashed around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. I love that. He addresses the immediate need first. and Then they might listen to the message. Fear not, says the angel, for behold, I bring you Good news of great joy that will be for all people. And then the message. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. Now a sign for you means you get up and you look for that sign. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Wow, what an exciting message to these men. Life had been so unexciting up to now, and now it's all changed. He says, to them, fear not. I bring you good news of great joy. I bring you the the gospel message, the evangel, the good news. What? Good news to us shepherds? Nothing ever happens to us that's good. Usually others tell us what's happening in town. We're usually the last to know. Now God is sending us A message? But, says the angel, it will be not just for you. It will be for all the people. It will be for Jews, Gentiles, rich, poor, those accepted by society, the outcasts of society, all, regardless of nationality, age, wealth, fame, social position, education, gender. All men and women. No exclusion. Don't get caught by Satan's lie today. Satan will try and tell you, Christianity's got nothing to do with you. It's only for the good people. It's only for them. Nothing with you. You just carry on life. The the angel message today, that day was for all people. And that means you and I too. If we breathe, if we have hearts that pump, the message is for all of us. And that includes you. Whether you believe in God or not. The message is for you too. And so we need to take note of what it says. And this is the message. The angel says, For to you, you shepherds too, is born this day in the city of David, the city that's been prophesied about for so long, in Bethlehem, a Saviour, the one who will deliver His people, that's what Saviour is, the one who will deliver His people, the one who is the Christos, the Messiah, the Anointed One. That's what that word means. And who is, here's the greatest one, the Lord, Yahweh, God Himself. What a message. To you is born this day, as per prophecy, the Saviour who will deliver His people, who is the Christos, the one people have been looking forward to all these years, the one you as The Jewish nation, as every Jew, shepherd to king, knew about, the one who is Yahweh himself, he is born. God with man. That's a momentous message. That would have blown these shepherds right out of their sandals. The Messiah has arrived at last. They knew about the Messiah. They were Jewish shepherds. And every little Jew knew from small. And we are the first to get this message. The angel is not finished, he says to them. The sign will be that you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. Now that's nothing. Every baby is wrapped in swaddling cloths. That's how they were born those days. No little kindy things you could buy in the shops. No little suits that look like mini all blacks. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. But here's the difference. He'll be lying in a manger. Now that's unique. I know of no mother then and now who would lie her precious baby in a manger where animals usually drink from. Usually a mother who would do that would be one that couldn't do anything else. One that was hard pressed. One who was poor. Maybe like the shepherds. And there's relevancy, you see. And suddenly, it's not over, you see. Now the PR starts. And suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts that appeared. You can imagine these shepherds. An angel is bad enough. Now a whole bunch of angels comes on the scene, bursting forth, and they shout shouting God's praises. Just imagine. You better imagine, because we're going to hear it again one day, if you're a believer in heaven. The angels going to once again be singing God's praises. And this time, they're going to have a greater crowd with them, all those who believe too. We are going to be singing the same song. Wow! And here these angels appear to these lowly shepherds on that once quiet hillside. And their message to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, Peace among those with whom God is pleased. Wow. So who receives this peace? Those with whom, what did the angel say? God is pleased. Alright, so who is God pleased with? We've got to analyze this a little bit. Who is God pleased with? You see, be careful here because this is, if you misunderstand this, you will misunderstand the gospel and you will think it's not for you. Peace is given to those who, it, it doesn't say peace is given to those who have goodwill. Those who are good. But to those who are recipients of God's sovereign goodwill. It's His goodwill which rests upon me. And so, how does that work? Well, you see, salvation or to be saved is not automatic for everyone. You please listen to me now. To be saved, to receive God's peace, is not just automatic for everyone. This Christmas, as you celebrate Christmas, as you celebrate remembering Jesus Christ come, it's not just automatic that it applies to you. Salvation, God's good will, rests on those who will trust in His Son. Those are the only ones God is pleased with. He says that so all over His Word. Salvation is not automatic for everyone, but those who respond to God's grace and love and follow the way opened up by God, by following Jesus Christ. Here's a verse for you, and you'll know this verse. And if you haven't heard this verse before, listen to the message of it. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 19. Listen to this. For God so loved the world. This is how much He loved you if you are part of this world. And if you're here, you're part of the world. This is how much He loves you, that He gave His only Son. But the message doesn't stop there. Here it is, so that whoever believes in Him, Jesus Christ, should not perish, but have eternal life. You see, it's not automatic, God's good will applies to you if you will believe in the way God has made possible and that is believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. And that message isn't finished. There's a warning too, and this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world. Jesus came, right? That's why we celebrate what we are now at this time of the year. The light came into the world, and but people loved the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. My friend, if you here and you still do not believe in Jesus Christ, that is true for you. He is coming to the world. This happened 2,000 plus years ago. We are a bit down the track already. If you still haven't given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have decided to rather love the darkness than the light. But there is hope for you. You can come to Jesus Christ and He will forgive you that rejection today. But will you come? You see, Jesus comes for everyone, but not everyone responds to and benefits from His coming. So this was the good news to the shepherds, because this offer of grace was available to these lowly shepherds too, the down and outs of society. And what is their response? And I pray it will be the same response you will have today. The angel said, this is a sign. In other words, go and find them. And what did they do after the angels had left? Our text says to us, they discussed this excitedly, right? And they could have gone on discussing it, discussing this excitedly until the next morning. And then they could have gone to bed and forgotten about it. Or they could have worried about the sheep and what would happen if they went off and did what the angels had said. Or they could have just flagged the whole idea. Typical human responses today. If so, what would have happened to these shepherds? They would not have met the Christ child in that special way that night. They may never have seen their Messiah in humble circumstances. They may never have identified with him. They might have missed out on an opportunity of being saved. You see, those reactions of turning our backs on, of not listening when the Holy Spirit makes something alive in you, when you hear that calling in your heart to maybe you should look into who this Jesus is, if you turn your back on them, you might miss your only opportunity of coming to Jesus Christ. You might never hear that call. The Bible says to us today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, come. Don't put it on. But these men, praise the Lord for these men, they never hesitated. They said, said verse 15, let us go. First Christmas rush. There they went. And they found, and that means they literally searched and then found Mary, Joseph and the baby just as had been described. Where have we heard that before? God at work, right? Sovereign God. And then... When they had worshipped at the feet of Jesus, verse 17, they made known the statement which had been told them. Declaration. They'd seen the Christ child, they'd experienced the worship of being in front of Jesus Christ. What's the next thing they do? They tell someone. You can see the picture. Join the dots. They spoke it out. They might not have been listened to in court. No one wanted to hear their testimony in court. But God used them to testify to the whole world. Praise the Lord. And He does the same with you and I. If we're willing. And the result of that verse 18, all who heard wondered. They marveled. They were amazed by what they just heard from these lowly shepherds. These guys, they can't even read. You see, it's always the theme. When unsaved people see or hear God at work, there is generally wonderment. Unfortunately, the reality of the human heart sets in. And wonderment soon changes to rejection and hardness of heart. And it will happen to you too. If you hear the message, and even if you're stirred by it, if you turn your heart your if you turn your back on it, your heart will be hardened. I overheard in Auckland and I think I might have told you before when I was living in the big smoke. Watching a Christmas floats going by I heard someone saying next to me, put about all this religious stuff at Christmas. Hardened hearts. Hearts that don't know. There's another reason I believe and it's a bit shorter this time but Christ... In His messages, and God in His message to mankind, gives us an indication too of why God sends angels to the shepherds first. Maybe too, it is because many times God speaks of His Son's role as that of a shepherd. And the shepherd analogy comes out very strongly in Scripture. I want you to turn with me to Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. Let's just read one of those. Ezekiel 34 verse 11. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. Now, who's speaking here? God, the Son, in the second person of the Trinity, before he became a baby, in human form. Way back. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep I will feed them in justice. Do you hear God calling you? If you are broken, if you are wounded, if you need binding up, if you need love in your life, then Jesus is calling to you, come to me. I will do that for you. But you need to come and worship at my feet first. In the New Testament, John chapter 10 verse 14 This is the verse, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And so there's the message again. And so through the shepherds, God was pointing to His Son. You see, it's all about His Son, all the time. Right through the history of mankind, right through when God planned everything, from Genesis right through to Revelation, it's all about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the one who is to be exalted. Yes, even through lowly shepherds, that message comes out. Jesus. So what do we do with a passage like that? Two points of application for you this morning. First one is this. I want to remind you of those words of that song. I'm just a nobody. Trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ yet, I want to say to you this morning, Jesus can save anybody, even you. And yet you might not believe in all this Christianity stuff. But if you investigate like the shepherds, and go and explore, and find out what is this all about, and search for Jesus Christ, and try and find out more about Him, you will find Him. Because He will find you. He will search out the sheep and find it. But, here's the warning. If you're a somebody, in other words, if you're a somebody in your own eyes, then you don't need Jesus Christ. Because God loves nobodies. People who recognise that in their own insignificance that they are unable to save themselves those people need a Saviour. If you don't need Jesus, then He won't save you. You need to be a nobody in yourself. Recognize who He is, and then He will save you. Luke chapter nine, verse twenty three says this. Luke nine twenty three. Listen to these words. If anyone would come after me, says the Lord, let him deny himself, become a nothing, and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. You see, if you want to come to Jesus Christ, you've got to give him your life. He's got to be the one in charge. You've got to take back And then the warning, the twenty five. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? So the Lord says to you this morning, Jesus says, Are you a nobody before God? Then my son Jesus will save you. And so you need to accept the good news in faith. You've heard these words. You might not understand all of them, but say, God, I want to trust you. Show me how. Take that next step with Him. You see, how you respond to this news will determine not just how you live this life, but how you die at the end of this life and what happens to you after you pass on from this life. It all depends on how you respond. Will you, like the shepherds, make the journey to find Jesus? Or will you flag it today and miss on the good news of great joy? That only Jesus can bring into your life. And then lastly this morning, to you believers that are sitting here, I want to encourage you in the Lord too through this passage this morning. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember who you are in Christ. 1 Corinthians one twenty-six says this, For you see your calling, brothers and sisters, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. If you are a nothing, if you are a nobody in Christ, then He will use you. Then He will use you to tell everybody about somebody. But as soon as you fear people, as soon as you have this bigger image of who you are, as soon as the image of God is smaller than the image of who you are, you will fear people. And then you will not tell out that message. Do you see where it is? The rub lies in how we see ourselves. Am I less? Is Christ more? John the Baptist said this, He must increase, I must decrease. Do you fear people? Well, you need to become a nobody in comparison to the overwhelming awesomeness of who Christ is. And then tell everybody that He can save anybody. Did you stay with me in that bit? if you realize how awesome Christ is and what He has done for you, you will automatically become a nobody in Christ. And He will use you to speak His message. Immediately we come up with excuses, don't we? Oh, I don't know. I've never had training. I don't know what to say. What will the consequences be? My family, my friends. You see, if these uneducated shepherds could speak the message, why not you and I? You don't know what to say? I'll give you a skeleton. Beautiful old hymn written by Fanny Crosby. If you can't remember anything else of what to tell people, listen to these lines, memorize them, and then just put flesh on the skeleton. Tell them what it means. And you'll be telling the gospel message. Here it is. To God be the glory, great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us, His Son, who yielded His life an atonement for sin, and then opened the life gate that all may go in. It's not hard. You can sing it to them and then tell them what you're singing about because it's got all the elements there. We give God the glory without Him, nothing. He so loved you and I that He gave His only Son, the one who was beloved who yielded his life. He became a human baby and gave up his life to those he had created who killed him, who became an atonement for sin. Why do we need that? Because we've sinned before God. We need our sins forgiven before God. There's a whole other sermon. I'm not going to go there. And he opened the life gate that all may go in. There's hope for anyone who would come to Jesus Christ. We need to speak that message though. You and I. You see, we need to just speak about how much God loves you and I, the nobodies. He gave us the life of His Son. He gives Himself to us every single day as the Holy Spirit in us. God with man. So who am I? Who am I? I am a sinner, saved by grace, and nobody loved by God now. Tell the world that Lord, you've given us such a simple message, but such a profound message. It is literally a life-changing and a life-saving message. Lord, save us from a fear of people. Give us the courage, give us the excitement of what Christ has done for us. Remind us in our souls of what we've been saved from. And then the gospel message will just spill out from our lips. Lord, give us a new vision of Jesus Christ and who He is. And the world will hear from our own lips that Jesus saves. Use us. Use our children to get that message out to this community, to our family. This Christmas.